unity among believers. This is part two uh, that we're going in on tonight. Part two, unity among believers. Come on, somebody. My God. And I want just to remind you in Romans 4, <clears throat> Romans 4 and 25, everybody should have your Bible. This is Bible class. Everybody should have your Bible. Amen. Everyone should have your Bible. Unity among believers, part two. If you missed part one, go back. It's recorded. It's out there. You can pick it up and catch up. Amen. With where we are on tonight. But I do have a brief, just a brief overview recap, if you will. Romans 4 and 25 said, who was delivered for our offenses. I want you to know that we, we came about this thing uh, a little bit different. You know, we everybody goes to Psalms 133. We, we approach this from a little uh, different perspective because he died for our offenses. Come on, somebody. This thing was first preached to Abraham. Abraham believed and it was accounted unto him for righteousness. Come on, somebody. My God. Then the scripture goes on that says that um, now it was not written for his sake alone, but it was imputed to him, but to us also, to whom it shall be imputed. What if we believe on him that raised up Jesus, our Lord, from the dead? 25, our thought for this Bible class, who was delivered for our offenses and was raised again for our justification. My God, he died for my offense. I had become, the Bible says uh, in Ephesians 2, uh, and you had he quickened, which were dead in trespasses and sin. Come on, somebody. My God, um, <clears throat> I don't know uh, the news. It was briefly covered. <clears throat> a father uh, shot his wife and uh, shot the family dog and shot and killed his wife and the dog. And, and he shot but did not kill his sister. I, I may not have all the facts correct, but this is uh, locally, locally. And it's it. it we went through the news, but with, uh, you know, the death of the queen and the um, uh, the auto show that's going on this week, it, it got very little attraction. This father got hung up on the QAnon conspiracy theorist um, doctrine, uh, heresy, if you will. Uh, he tried to check himself in. Uh, for mental help was denied, I think like two days before. He tried to check himself into a mental uh, facility, but was denied. And two days later, he shot and killed his wife. He shot and killed, I know the dog, maybe one, one other daughter, but one daughter he shot survived. And uh, he had become an offense you know, sin will cause you to um, uh, kill the people that you swore and, and take an oath to protect and serve. Sin will bring you just that low. Uh, he was uh, shot when the police responded to the scene. Now, here is the father. Here is the father. 
that's supposed to be the protector, the priest, the provider for the house, now has become an offense so much so that he kills his wife, kills his family member, and attempted murder on his other daughter upon arriving home. My God. And uh, I, I want you all to see this because the scripture says, who was delivered for our offense. My God, sin will bring you so low that you will be even an offense to yourself, an offense to your marriage, an offense to your wife, an offense to your family, offense to everyone you come into contact with, and even an offense to yourself. But what did Jesus do? He went to the cross, my God, and shed his blood and died. First of all, I was an offense. Mm, my God. Uh, even when we look at uh, Paul, uh, who was injurious of the body of Christ, amen, hailing men and women and causing them to be cast into prison and having their heads uh, cut off. Come on, somebody. He was an offense to the body of Christ. And Jesus had to stop him on the Damascus road because he was on his way. My God, to do the same thing at Damascus. But what? Jesus stopped him. My God, he had become an offense. But what did he do? He died for our uh, offenses and raised again for our justification. What does he do that justification? An act of removing guilt and sin, the penalty of sin, while at the same time declaring the sinner righteous through Christ's atoning sacrifice. My God. He got up and said, all power in heaven and in earth belongs unto me. My God, Paul cried out, oh, wretched man that I am, who is going to deliver me from the body of this death? He had become an offense. I, you know, to, I know to do good, but evil is always present. I'm sleeping with the enemy. Uh, there's an offense that's in my members. It's in me. And then the Bible goes on that lets us know, woe that offenses will come. They're going to come from the world. They're going to come from without, and they're going to come from within. Come on, somebody. We talked a little bit about church hurt. Amen. What is it? Who, the who, the what, and the why is nobody but Satan. Come on, somebody. His, his attack against the body of Christ. Amen. That he might disrupt the unity that exists in the church. My God. So he died for my offense first. Now then offenses are going to come from without the world and they're going to come from within my brother and my sister. My God. But God died for our offenses and then told us, whoa, that offenses will come. Watch out. They're going to come from within and from without. Amen. And then we talked about how we went to Psalms 133 and talked about, behold, how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. It is like a precious ointment, my God, uh, that soothes what ails us. My God, we talked about um, the positive effects 
of the benefits of unity. Amen. The body is productive. In other words, ministry is preached. Souls are saved. Demons are cast out. Lives are put back together. Uh, The body of Christ is productive. Everybody is putting their hand to the gospel plow without looking back. Come on, somebody. My God. The Bible says in Psalms 133, there he commanded the blessing. There's a blessing in unity when we come together and work a while it is day. Jesus said the nighttime is coming when no man can work. Come on, somebody. What a blessing that he chose you. Amen. The other benefit is life. Come on, somebody. Not just any old life, but eternal life after this life. And that last benefit we uh, talked about was to avoid death. My God. United we stand, but divided we must fall. A house divided against itself cannot stand. Amen. Um, Ecclesiastes, I want to uh, uh, go over this scripture one more time. Ecclesiastes 10 and 1. Amen. How easy it, how easy it is when the world finds out that the church is not united. How um, detrimental it is, my God, when individuals find out that the love of God does not dwell freely and flow freely among brothers and sisters. Amen. I can do hating and, and backbiting and backstabbing in the world. Why would I come into the church? My God, Paul said, it was declared unto me from the house of Chloe that there be contentions among you. The word is going to get out. Look at that uh, Ecclesiastes 10 and 1. Dead flies cause the ointment of the apothecary to send forth a stinking savor. So doth a little folly to him that is in reputation for wisdom and honor. My God. Uh, this is talking about um, those uh, big Palestine desert flies uh, that get stuck. I gave the um, the analogy of flies getting stuck in Kool-Aid or the lemonade. Well, our flies, I'm sure they stink, but they're not big enough to send forth an odor. I guess if we got enough of them in there, it would send forth an odor. But these uh, big Palestine desert flies would get into the ointment. Uh, and that apothecary is the the one um, uh, back in that day was the chemist. And, and uh, they didn't wear uh, cologne and perfume like we uh, did uh, today. But ma- mainly they were used for um, putting away a dead body. Uh, the spices and things that they would use to uh, prepare the body, uh, the body for death. All right. Uh, And the apothecary is the chemist uh, that would put um, those chemicals together. Amen. Uh, In the fragrance industry today, uh, they have individuals that will uh, custom mix a perfume for you based on your body type and, you know, uh, your mu- your body musk, you know, because two people can wear the same cologne and it won't 
uh, smell the same. Uh, that um, uh, person is known as a perfumer, a perfumer, the chemist that puts together the different fragrances that we wear in cologne. And uh, this scripture here is letting us know that that chemist, what he has put together, uh, should be something, uh, we should be a sweet-smelling savor in the nostril of God. Amen? But in this case, uh, the wise preacher has said, dead flies, they cause the anoint of the anoint of the ointment of the apothecary, amen, to send forth a stinking savor. Now it should be a precious ointment. We read that in, in, in Psalms 133. When the body of Christ is together, amen, and working and all pushing and praying and uh, thinking and working together, all our hands in the gospel plow and to the gospel plow without looking back and nobody have their own self-motivated agendas. Come on, somebody. My God. Uh, it ought to be like a precious ointment because that's where God commanded the blessing, even life forevermore. But what happens in Ecclesiastes when we look here and says that that should be a sweet smelling savor in his nostril, my God, becomes, if you read this, uh, some of the words, it said it becomes rancid. It becomes fermented. It stinks. It begins to putrefy. It's an unpleasant smell. It's an evil odor. My God. So that uh, those dead flies cause the ointment that something that should be good of the apothecary, the chemist that mixed it together to send forth a stinking savor. Then he says, so doth a little folly him that is in reputation for wisdom and honor. Now, I said all this to say this. I was watching a story on, um, uh, you know, every every believer ought to have uh, a Bible and, and, and watching the news. <laughs> uh, the Bible is going to tell you what's going to happen. And when you look at the news, you see it playing forth. Um, there was a pastor that got up and he uh, announced and maybe some of you uh, saw it on uh, social media as well. Somebody in the audience uh, recorded it. He said that he committed adultery and it happened 20 years ago. It was a one-time offense. Uh, he's going to sit down and uh, he's not going to um, he's not going to uh, smooth it over. He's he's willing to accept what the board uh, does, you know, whatever the recommendation of the board, but he's going to take his seat until the board has some kind of findings as to what should be done about this situation. And he received a standing ovation. My God. And lo and behold, um, uh, a young lady and her husband get up in the audience and they come up to the front and unbeknownst to the pastor, he can't tell them not to speak now. Well, um, she tells the other, you know, other side of the story, you know, every story's got two sides. 
<laughs> you know, um, maybe three sides, uh, your story, their story, and then there's the truth. Um, this young lady says, well, um, I don't think you told the whole story yet. It, it happened 20 years ago, uh, but I was 16 years old when you took my virginity on your office floor. Now, uh, 16 years old in that particular state was um, uh, an age that two consenting uh, uh, individuals can legally have sex. But when one is the boss or over um, uh, a leader, uh, over that individual, a counselor, a teacher, you know, uh, then it brings another level of criminality into it. All right. So he said it happened 20 years ago. She said, yeah, it happened 20 years ago. But I was 16 years old and it went on for 18 years. 20 years ago, it was a one time offense. Now, listen, you have all heard me say a half truth is a lie. My God. And uh, now, you know, all of this is out there. And what a shame, because uh, the scripture says, so doth a little folly him that is in reputation for wisdom and honor. And now that particular ministry, that particular pastor, and maybe Christians as a whole will have to take the reproach of that little folly, come on somebody, it's gonna stink, come on somebody, it's gonna stink just like uh, the dead flies in the ointment of the apothecary to send forth a stinking savor. And how easy it is for a ministry, a preacher, a pastor, an individual to lose their reputation because over a little folly. Come on, somebody. My God. And um, it's uh, and the reason I say that is because if I bring up David and I, you know, we say, well, David, he was the one that said, you know, um, uh, I would die right here. But I believe to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. We, you know, we got a whole lot of things we we say about David and what he was wrote, but written. But we can't talk about David long before somebody brings up Bathsheba. All of these years later, my God, what are you saying, Pastor? How easy it is for the church to lose its reputation because of a little folly. And we have um, uh, read that scripture when Paul said, you know, I, I've been hearing from the house of Chloe, there's, there's, there's contention. You brothers are not together like you ought to be. Come on, somebody. My God, Joshua cried out when um, Israel had taken of the accursed thing. Come on, somebody. Achan had taken. And Joshua said, what's going to happen when our enemies find out, God, you're not with us. We're not united with you. Come on, somebody. They're going to surround us and wipe us off the face of the earth. And Lord, what's going to happen to your name? 
The angel appeared unto Joshua. My God and Joshua said, are you for us or are you against us? The angel said, Joshua, I haven't come to take sides, but I've come to take over. Come on, somebody. That's what we need. We need God to take over. It's his house. It's his ministry. We are the sheep of his pasture. My God, and if we will let God take over, I got a feeling everything is going to be all right. Amen. All right. First Corinthians 9 and 27. First Corinthians 9 and 27. Paul makes a statement after some 30 years of preaching. Come on, somebody. After some 30 years of preaching, he says, but I keep under my body and bring it into subjection, lest by any means, when I have preached to others, I myself should be a castaway. My God, I have to keep under my body. I have to be worried about me. Come on, somebody. My God. You know, you have um, nowadays people are so worried about somebody else. Uh, They're so concerned about what somebody else is doing that they totally lose sight of what they're doing. Come on, somebody. How you are an offense uh, to someone else. Amen. All right. So Paul said, after some 30 years and being in this walk and being in ministry, I have to watch me. Come on, somebody. Uh, Jeremiah already told us that our heart is desperately wicked. Who can know it? My God, above all things. Amen. The heart is desperately wicked. Just when you think you know it, it'll take you a couple steps further. Amen. So Paul said, I keep under my body. I bring it into subjection. I have to uh, uh, direct it. I have to force it. I have to fight with it. I have to contend with it and bring it into subjection. Less by any means when I have uh, summons others to the race. You know, we're, you know, we're telling everybody, uh, come on and get in the house. Come on, get saved. Amen. Get in the church. He said, lest when I have summons others into the race, I myself can become disqualified. For the very race I summons them into, I come dis- become disqualified if I don't get a hold of me. You know, you know, individuals, you need to learn how to cry. Lord, it's me. It's me. It's me. Oh, Lord, I'm the one that's standing in the need of prayer. My God, I know many times we want to report on somebody else, but it's me. I'm on somebody. It's me. I'm standing in the need of God's grace, his mercy, his forgiveness, his correction, his reproof. My God. Amen. The Bible says a a fool hates instruction. There's a lot of people, they don't want they don't want you to tell them nothing. But that's what the scripture says. A fool hates instruction. Amen. So I have to keep control of me, period. 
The Bible says, save yourself. Save yourself. Amen. I have to take care and watch and pull me in line and pull me into subjection lest I become disqualified for the race that I summonsed others into. My God. All right. Romans, the 16th chapter. You know, our, uh, you know what? Let me give you this one. I'm not even going to read this scripture, but it came to my mind. Um, uh, let me see. Let me see if I can even find it. All right, I can't even find it. It came to my mind. I thought I turned to it, but I'm not at it. All right, I don't need to add it anyway. All right, let's go to Romans 16, 17. Uh, The Bible, uh, the old folk used to say, Evil communication does what? It corrupts good manners. And we certainly know that that's to be true because we got scripture to back it up. Romans 16 and 7. I'm sorry, 16 and 17. All right, what does Paul said? Now I beseech you, brethren, I'm begging you, uh, brethren, Mark them which causes divisions, and there goes that word again, offenses. He died for our offenses. Um, woe be unto the world, for offenses must come. Come on, somebody. And um, then he tells us that offenses will come from the inside, but woe unto that individual through whom the offense come. Here it is again. Now I beseech you, brethren, mark them which cause division and offenses contrary to the doctrine which you have learned and do what? Avoid them. My God. You know, it's um, evil communication do corrupt good manners. Amen. Uh, If you're around an individual that will cause dissimulation, among us, always disagreeable, always have something contrary to say uh, to the word of God, to the teaching of the church, the beliefs of the church, the underpinnings of the church. You need to mark that individual and um, avoid them. You know, it, it amazes me today uh, that people will cheerlead you and cheer you right into hell. They'll they'll know you're wrong, but they won't have the boldness to let you know, well, you know, the Bible says this and the, you know, and maybe you ought to, you, that person is not your friend. It's going to cheer you on and you on your way to hell. And it mystifies me many times that people are more attracted Um, to individuals that will cause an offense, then they will be attracted to the truth. Oh, yes, individuals will line up with one another, even in their wrong. It's plain to see as the nose on your face. 
My God, a pastor will correct them. They know it's an offense to the body of Christ. This is not what we believe. This is not what we do. But you'll have saints that will celebrate. Uh, The Bible says, you know, uh, Hymenaeus and Philetus, they have erred in their ways. Um, saying that the uh, resurrection had come already. Um, And uh, they were to be shunned. Why? That they might become ashamed and come back into the body of Christ. How can an individual be shamed when they're celebrated? Now, listen. I'm going to read this again, Romans 16 and 7. Now, I'm begging you, brethren, um, mark them which cause divisions and offenses. They're contrary to the doctrine which you have learned and avoid them. I mean, the, the church have preached and taught. The pastor have preached and taught uh, against this thing. We all know it to be the wrong thing to do, but yet, of the church or the pastor will discipline an individual that causes offenses in the church. And instead of that person uh, being shamed, they're celebrated. And, and then people will turn around and say, oh, well, that's the love of God. No, 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 it's not. No, it's not. We should all love. No, 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 no. We do not celebrate sin. God hates sin. He loves the sinner. I know somebody, but he hates sin. Amen. And that individual have to come out of that situation. Amen. But you have now individuals that will cause division and offenses in the church. They're celebrated. My God. All right, First Corinthians. First Corinthians. The tenth chapter. Verses one through six. <clears throat> Listen, just because everybody, listen, everybody that's in church uh, is not going to make it in. I, I, um, when I started uh, college and I was in my first uh, class, uh, it really wasn't a class. It was one of the uh, counselors that got um, all of the, uh, my class Uh, together and talking about the do's and the don'ts and the studies and work hard and have an ethic, uh, a work ethic, you know, uh, get up on time, be on time. Amen. And said something that uh, really shocked me. Uh, The individual said, by the time we get to the end of your program, time to graduate, half of you won't be here. I knew what I needed to do in life. I, you know, uh, my father was not going to take care of me for the rest of my life. I didn't have no silver spoon in my mouth. 
I knew right then what I needed to do. By the end, by the time graduation come, half of you, and I began to look around and like, well, I don't know about you. <laughs> it ain't going to be me. I made up my mind right then. Whatever I had to do to make it through here, it was going to be necessary. My God. And I thank God I graduated with my degree in computer science. Look at this. Just because people in the church don't mean they're going to make it through here. First Corinthians, the 10th chapter, verses one through six. He said, moreover, brethren, I would not that you should be ignorant. You need to know this, how that all of our fathers were under the cloud. Amen. They all came out of Egypt under God's protection. Amen. Uh, what was he? He was a cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. And he led them everywhere they needed to go. All right. They all, um, how all of our fathers, which were under the cloud, all passed through the sea. God delivered them through the Red Sea. They were all baptized unto Moses. They were followers of Moses. God still use a man. Come on, somebody. He follows protocol. Amen. They were all followers of Moses in the cloud with the protection of God and in the sea. Come on, somebody. They all did eat the same spiritual meat. They all did drink the same spiritual drink. For they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them. And that rock was who? It was Christ. But look at this verse five. But with many of them, God was not well pleased for they were overthrown in the wilderness. My God, everybody uh, that says, Lord, Lord, is not going to be saved. Everybody that just come to church, you know, come to Bible class. Amen. Um, you know, there are going to be some hearers, but not doers of the word. It, it's, it's not a question of, well, you know, I didn't know. Yeah, you knew. You just didn't do. Let's read it again. They were all baptized. They were all followers of Moses. They had the protection of God on the land and even through the sea. They all did eat the same spiritual meat. They came to the Bible class just like you did. They all drank the same spiritual drink, for they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them, and that rock was Christ Jesus. They all received the same thing. Come on, somebody. But with many of them, God was not well pleased for they were overthrown in the wilderness or in the process. My God. Look at verse uh, six. For now these things were our examples. Now in prophecy, we talk about um, uh, types and shadows. Amen. Uh, Judas was a type of Antichrist. You all remember that in the study of Revelation. All right. Now uh, we're talking about when verse six here, here, it says, now these things were our examples. This is a shadow of things to come, types 
and shadows. Amen. In prophecy, this is a shadow of things to come. Let's read verse six again. Now these things were our examples to the intent that we should not lust after evil things as they also lusted. My God. Uh, if we think about um, Moses, the most meek man of the earth, it was uh, Miriam and Aaron, Aaron and Miriam that spoke against Moses. And that was because he was married to a black woman. Read the scripture. <laughs> it was because of his Ethiopian wife, a man that they spoke against Moses. My God. And what happened? God said, listen, uh, I, I, I need to. I need to talk to you all. You all are, uh, this is not promoting unity. Are you the only one to hear from God? You're the only leader here in our midst. God said, listen, I, I need to see you all in the tabernacle. If there be a prophet among you, I'll speak with him in vision and dreams. But my man, Moses, I'm going to speak to him face to face. And besides all that, Miriam, you know, people ask the question, well, why didn't he smote Aaron with, with leprosy too? I don't know. <laughs> the Bible don't. Uh, we can theorize. Miriam gets smote with leprosy and who has to pray her back in? The pastor. And that confirms the scriptures that says, I will give you pastors after my own heart because not every pastor will pray you back in. Hmm, my God. The individuals say, you know what? You, you done crossed me. I never will. Come on, somebody. But God said, I'll give you pastors after my own heart. What? A merciful God. Bless, blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. My God. So it is Moses that was being questioned by Aaron and Miriam that had to pray her back into the good graces of God. This thing is an example. This is a shadow. This is a shadow of things to come. My God, that we should not lust after evil things. What are those things? You know, uh, uh, um, us, you know, uh, 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 my my own self agenda. Lord, who's going to be, uh, you know, boss when when you go off the scene? Who's going to head this? Who's going to head that? You know, uh, we talked about truth and we talked about truth being universal. Um. And how we're saying truth is universal because God is universal. I talked about the fact that I uh, assist Bishop Harper in Ghana. And, you know, John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Uh, I can preach that in Ann Arbor and I can preach that in Ghana. Amen. 
But now we're we're in this ministry, you know, everybody wants to, you know, God to bless them that somehow they get more money. They get a bigger house, you know, uh, their ministry and their name is a household name. This self-gratification ministry, evil things, spiritual wickedness in high places. Not everybody want to be anointed so they could uh, uh, preach and teach God ministry, God's ministry message and souls be saved. They want to be uh, a household name. They want recognition for themselves. And a lot of these ministers are preaching this prosperity gospel. Oh, God is getting ready to open up doors. He's getting ready to bless your business. He's getting ready to blow you up. He's getting ready. What is truth? Truth is universal because God is universal. God is God in Ann Arbor and he's God in Ghana. Now, what if I take that prosperity message and try to preach it in Ghana? Oh, you're ready to get, you know, a brand new Cadillac Escalade. You're ready to get a message, you know, you're about to be just blown up and you're going to have more money than anybody else. And you shouldn't be in this hut. And you, and if God loved you, you wouldn't. You can't preach that message in Ghana. Therefore, it's not universal. It's not truth. Yet evil things. Come on, somebody. Uh, look at this. Verse six again. Uh, now these things were our examples to the intent that we should not lust after evil things as they also lusted. My God. You all remember the time that they uh, got Aaron to uh, get them, a, uh, make them, shape them a golden calf and then said, now this is the God. Anybody glad you ain't God? My God, I think I would have burned them up all right then. It all been gone. Now, this is the God that brought us out of Egypt. And yeah, God was hot. God was hot. He said, I'm, I'm going to come down and I'm going to kill them all, Moses. And Moses said, Lord, no, you can't do that. <laughs> You, you said you were going to deliver these people to a land that's flowing with milk and honey. You, you can't do that. And the Bible said God repented. I, woo. I think that's one of the most powerful uh, scriptures in the Bible. God repented and did not do what he said he was going to do. Lusting after evil things. They're lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. Come on, somebody. My God. And this is going to be a pattern of things to come. But the Bible admonishes us. Uh, verse six again. Now these things were our examples to the intent that we should not lust after evil things as they also lusted. God said, if my people, I ain't talking about nobody else. He said, if my people, which are called by my name, 
my God, would humble themselves and pray and seek my face. And you got to turn from your wicked, your evil thoughts. In other words, you're, you're not unless you do this, all the 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 um, prefaces, the um, um, prerequisites, if my people which are called by my name, would humble them. You got to humble yourself, prerequisites. Pray, seek my face, turn from your wicked ways. You're just praying in vain. I'm taking a whole lot of time on this. My God, uh, maybe this is where we really need to be honing in on. If my people, my God, which are called by my name. This is the offense that comes from within. My God, if they would humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, their evil thoughts, then I'll hear them from heaven. I will forgive their sin and I will heal their land. My God. And that's a whole Bible class right there. Healing of the land. Lord, heal my land. Come on, somebody. Psalms 133 and one we've called this, and you don't have to turn to this, but I just want to quote it again. Behold how good and how pleasant it is when brethren dwell. Not just get there and leave. We got to get unity and we must stay there. We must dwell there. We must continue unified. If the body of Christ is going to be productive in this last and evil day, we have to dwell together in unity. Not just achieve unity and move among somebody uh, away from it, but we have to dwell together in unity. Come on, somebody. My God, why not celebrate our commonalities than to fight over our differences? Um, there's another scripture, Isaiah 52 and 8. Isaiah 52 and 8. God will help his people. He, God will deliver his people. Isaiah says here, when God delivers his people, he says, then shall the light break forth as the morning and thy health shall spring forth speedily and thy righteousness shall go before thee. The glory of the Lord shall be his reward. Come on, somebody. My God. I'm sorry, I'm in the wrong place. 52 and 8. I'm, I'm, I don't know which I called. I may have called the right one and went to the wrong uh, verse. Isaiah 52 and 8. That, that this show did sound good. All right. Um, Isaiah 52 and 8. When God rescues his people, when God saves his people, brings us out, he says, Thy watchmen shall lift up the voice. With the voice together shall they sing, for they shall see eye to eye 
when the Lord shall bring again Zion. People ask the question, well, when is the church, um, when is the church going to all see eye to eye and, and agree on everything? Not until the Lord comes back. Until that time, we're going to have to get along with one another and celebrate our commonalities. Amen. And uh, let's let's look beyond our differences. We're not we're not going to see eye to eye. God is going to give you a pastor that's going to lead you, that's going to guide you, that's going to teach you. Come on, somebody! My God, knowledge and understanding that you might be able to make it through here. Thy watchmen shall lift up the voice, and with the voice together shall they sing. For they shall see eye to eye when the Lord shall bring again Zion. We'll agree on everything when God brings again Zion. But until that time, come on, somebody, this is going to be our fight. This is going to be our struggle that we remain together in unity despite our differences. My God. And, you know, we can all agree we're all cut of a little bit different cloth. Yes, we're all the children of God. We're all one in Christ Jesus. But we have different backgrounds. We have different uh, cultures. We have different uh, idiosyncrasies that, you know, uh, can sometimes bring um, offenses, can bring about disagreement. You know somebody? And God's purpose is not for us to see eye to eye right here. His purpose is for us to obey. My God, to look to Jesus, who's the author and finisher of our faith. Come on, somebody to look into the hills from which cometh our help and realize that all of our help comes from the Lord. Amen. So how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell. We have to stay. We have to achieve unity and we have to stay unified because we are the body of Christ. We're not going to all see the same thing and see eye to eye until God brings again Zion. Romans, the 14th chapter. Um, Paul said, we're always going to have weak and strong believers. Amen. Weak and strong believers among us. And we are to bear the infirmities of the weak. You know, people say, nah, listen, I'm, you know, I ain't trying to hear what so-and-so is trying to say. And I ain't trying, no, no, like, that's your brother. That's your sister. Amen. Let us bear the infirmities of the weak. Let us lift one another up. Amen. Let us remain unified. Amen. I think the thing that we must be willing to fight over is gospel. I mean, the gospel truth. Now, that's something we can't compromise. 
all this other stuff. You know, I eat pork and you you a vegetarian and, and this and that has nothing to do with nothing. My God. All right. Uh, Romans, the 14th chapter, 19. Let us therefore follow after things which make for what? And things wherewith one may edify another. Amen. Let us build up the body of Christ. Uh, we're um, getting now to, uh, we're, I guess the next holidays are coming up, will be Thanksgiving and, and Christmas. Some families can't even get together one time out of the year. My God, because of uncle so-and-so, <laughs> aunt so-and-so, my God, uh, you know, some people that in, in, a, in a workforce, on a team, can't get along. And sometimes something happened 30 years ago. He said, let us therefore follow after things which make for peace and the things wherewith one may edify, amen, uh, another. Let us promote harmony in the house of God. Come on, somebody. My God, each and every one of us. Amen. It is our duty to bear the infirmities of the weak. Uh, sometimes, you know, uh, individuals may have strong beliefs about something, but you know, all right, well then, you know, uh, salvation, it has nothing to do with salvation. We don't need to, you know, we're not talking about baptism in Jesus' name and the infilling of the Holy Ghost and and holiness without which no man uh, shall uh, see the Lord. Uh, we're talking about stuff like, well, you know, they say you don't wear white after Labor Day. Oh, girl, listen, ain't nobody. And people will start a whole fight about something that has nothing to do with it. You want to wear white after Labor Day? <laughs> Hey, my God, have at it. You know, just, you know, majoring in minors. It, because some people, they just love to bring up differences. They, they love to bring up, they like drama. They like argument. They, they like, you know, they, I don't know what it is, but... You know, after a while, <laughs> your mind be thinking, peace. I just want some peace. My God. Sometimes you can't wait to get off the job. Can't wait to get home. Sometimes you come home and you don't find peace and, and you got to go to your bedroom. I just need a little piece of peace. Yeah, I used to have that um, uh, that bath soap called Calgon. Calgon, take me away. My God, I just need a little rest from my mind. And that ought to exist within the body of Christ, the members of the body of Christ. Come on, somebody. My God. All right. Romans 15, the scoot over. 
another chapter here. Romans 15. Paul talks about, you know, we ought to prefer our brother. Um, we ought to seek to please our brother. Now, listen, we're not talking about committing any sin or doing anything wrong, but we ought to prefer our brother. Come on, somebody. Uh, and we ought to bear the infirmities. There it go again of the week. All right. He says, uh, Romans 15, five through seven. Now the God of peace and consolation do what? Grant you to be like-minded one toward another, according to Christ Jesus. That we may with one mind and one mouth do what? Glorify God, even the Father, our Lord Jesus Christ. Wherefore receive ye one another as Christ also received us to the glory of God. Amen. Um, now the God, he's the God of patience and consolation. What is consolation? Comfort. Come on, somebody. The Bible said he's the God of all comfort. Come on, somebody who is able to comfort each and every one of us. Amen. Uh, and I'm so glad he's a patient God because he had to be patient with me. Hmm. It was Paul that says, I travail with you again until Christ be formed. Come on, somebody. Not going to write you off. Uh, not going to throw the baby away with the bath water. Come on, somebody. But I travail with you again until Christ be formed in you. Amen. He's had to have patience with me. He has ha have had to comfort me. Come on, somebody. My God. And to accept Jesus Christ as Lord of my life uh, means in all areas of my life. That means I share his values and his perspectives. If he's the Lord of my life. Come on, somebody. That means I share him, I share in his values and in his perspective. He said, all souls belong to me. God loves the sinner. Oh, come on, somebody. He said, you're all precious in my sight. And if I'm precious in the sight of God, how can I be an offense to you? Hmm, my God. Now the God of patience and the God of comfort grant, grant you to be like-minded one toward another. If he was patient and he comforted you, we ought to be like-minded toward one another, according to Christ Jesus, that ye may with one mind and one mouth glorify God. Come on, somebody. How can you Glorify God and curse me. The sweet and bitter water come from the same fountain. No. Uh, somebody said, I'll bless the Lord at all 
all times. Now, how can you bless him at all times and then turn around and curse me? Doesn't work that way. Verse seven, wherefore, or since this is a fact, receive you one another as Christ also received us to the glory of God. My God, if he was patient, if he comforted you in your time of need, somebody said he looked beyond my fault and saw my need to be saved. Come on, somebody. My God, I was sinking deep in sin and I was far from the peaceful shore, but the master of the sea, come on somebody, he heard my despairing cry. He didn't leave me where he found me. My God, but he saved a wretch like me. And if I can look back and remember what God has brought me from, I ought to be glad to then extend that same love that same patience, that same comfort to you as a member of the body of Christ. My God, what a mighty God we serve. Amen. Uh, So my perspective, the way I look at things, I must see it the way he sees it. And he says, all souls are precious. All souls are precious in his sight. All right, Philippians, the third chapter. Philippians, the third chapter. Hopefully we're going to get through this song tonight. We want to finish this. Philippians, Paul was writing, lets us know that many walk with their belly as their God. Come on, somebody. Philippians, the third chapter, 16 through 20. He says, nevertheless, wherein we have already obtained, let us walk by the same rule. Uh, treat other people like you want to be treated. Amen. Let this mind Uh, Let us mind the same thing. Amen. Brethren, be followers together of me and take note of them which walk as you have us for an example. Look at verse 18. For many walk of whom I have told you often and now tell you even weeping that they are the enemies of of the cross of Christ. Offenses that, some offenses that come from within. All same spiritual meat, all same spiritual drink, but with many of them, God was not well pleased. And this is a pattern of things to come. Come on, somebody. My God. They are enemies of the cross. Look at verse 19. Whose end is destruction, whose God is their belly, and whose glory is in their shame, who mind earthly things. For our conversation is in heaven, from whence also we look for the Savior, who is that 
the Lord Jesus Christ, whose God is their belly. My God. In other words, if it feels good, do it. You know, well, you people tell you, well, you know, I'm just, I'm just blunt and I'm just direct. No, you're rude. You're embarrassing. You're an enemy of the cross. You do not promote things uh, that bring about peace. You are an individual that brings about dissimulation. You're always looking to be at variance with, with somebody else. You're always pointing and, and, and dwelling on things that bring division in the body of Christ. You, you can't speak everything that comes to your mind. Uh, you know, I had a hard time trying to tell an individual that, you know, a lot of stuff come to your mind that you want to say, you know, knowledge is knowing what to do. Wisdom is knowing how to do. You can uh, do and say something right the wrong way. Let me say that again. You can do and say something right, but do it or say it the wrong way. Knowledge is knowing what to do. Wisdom is knowing how to do it. You can, you can uh, uh, have a totally different effect depending on how you say it, when you say it. Come on, somebody. My God. The same message can be delivered in a loving. The Bible said, uh, he that winneth souls must be wise. With loving kindness have I drawn them. Come on, somebody. But now we're even talking about those that were thin. And even in the body of Christ, we can become an offense to your brother by the way you say things and how you do things. I'm on somebody, my God. And certainly, um, just because it comes to your mind, I'm just telling the truth. Well, that, you know, that might be true, but you're still wrong. Because you're not promoting peace. You're not promoting healing. My God, everybody know the Band-Aid needs to come off. But you ain't got to just rip it all. You know, you can, you can take a Band-Aid and, you know, take it off easy and leave the scab intact. Anybody ever had that? But then you can take the Band-Aid and just rip it off. And you done pulled the scab and now the thing is, is bleeding all over again. Oh, yeah, I remember those skint knees and those skin elbows. And, and you just wouldn't let anybody take a Band-Aid off of you. No, I'll take this Band-Aid off myself. I know somebody. You know, people want to just want to be when it's, you know, somebody else and it's not them. They would be so blunt and they'd be so direct. And half the people that want to dish it out, they can't take it themselves. Ah, 
if I'm talking about you, just say amen. All right. First um, Peter. First Peter. Third chapter. Um, as people say, it's nice to be nice. Ain't, ain't it nice to be nice? My God, uh, what skin is it off your nose to be a blessing to your brother? In unity, for there the Lord commanded the blessing, even life forevermore. All right, First Peter 3, 8 and 9. Finally, be ye all of one mind, having compassion one of another. Love as brethren. Be pitiful. Uh, that means kind-hearted, uh, humble, and courteous. Um, let us be pitiful. Be courteous. Not rendering evil for evil or railing for railing, but contrarywise blessing. If your brother that offends you comes and he does it seven times in a day and he asks for your forgiveness, forgive him. My God. Uh, nine again, not rendering evil for evil. Oh, no, listen, I can't forgive you for that. I ain't letting this one go. I know you ain't getting no pass on this one. <laughs> what if God dealt with us that way? Not rendering evil for evil or railing for railing, but contrary rise, blessing. Knowing that ye are there unto called. I'm called to bless my brother and my sister that you should inherit a blessing. If I bless you, Guess what? I got a blessing coming my way. My God. And why is it so hard to be a blessing to your brother and your sister? Why is it so easy to be injurious of the body of Christ? My God. I want you to know a deceived mind is torment. You know, when your mind is deceived, um, you will rant and rave and fight and argue and bicker until you try to convince everybody. You know, a mind at peace can share truth and walk on away. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Come on, somebody. Share truth and walk away. But a deceived mind will sit there and fight with you, bicker with you. Come on, somebody. A deceived mind is torment, and it cannot fathom why 
somebody else or nobody else will believe and see things the way it sees things. I'm on somebody. But the truth shall do what? Make you free. My God. Why not be a blessing to your brother? That's what you've been called for, that you yourself might inherit a blessing. Mark, gospel according to Mark, the third chapter. Come on, somebody. The divided house cannot stand. Mark 3, 22 through 30. Mark. Third chapter, 22 through 30. And the scribes which came down from Jerusalem said, He hath Beelzebub. They're talking about Jesus. And by the prince of devils casteth he out devils. And he called them unto him and said unto them in parables, How can Satan cast out Satan? And if a kingdom be divided against itself, that kingdom cannot stand. Any house, any kingdom divided against itself cannot stand. 25. And if a house be divided against itself, that house cannot stand. And if Satan rise up against himself and he is divided, he cannot stand, but have an end. No man can enter into a strong man's house and spoil his goods, except he first bind the strong man, and then he will spoil his goods. Come on, somebody. My God. Uh, the enemy can't come in and steal your stuff unless he first bind you. He'll torment your mind that you believe that that lie is true and there's no truth to it. Uh, we talked about the, the, the man that uh, became a, a QAnon. He got caught up in QAnon and uh, became such an offense. Now, he, he must have had some lucid thoughts because he tried to uh, enroll himself into mental health hospital. And that's another thing that we're going to, a class we're going to um, have coming up, uh, managing our mental health. A lot of people, my goodness, we have a struggle. We have a struggle. And there's nothing wrong with uh, admitting it. Uh, dealing with uh, uh, mental health, amen, maintaining mental awareness, mental awareness on somebody. Um, so what happened? The enemy came in and bound him. He first binds the strong man. And then he can come in and let you do his dirty deed. The one that comes but for to steal, kill, and destroy, he'll have you kill your own life. Kill your own child. Come on, somebody. All right. Look at 27 again. No man can enter into a strong man's house and spoil his goods, except he first do what? Bind the strong man. 
and then he will spoil his house. Verily I say unto you, all sins shall be forgiven unto the sons of men and blasphemies, blasphemies wherewith, so, wherewith soever they shall blaspheme. Look at verse 29. There becomes a warning here. But he that shall blaspheme against the Holy Ghost hath never forgiveness, but is a danger, but is in danger of eternal damnation, because they said he hath an unclean spirit. My God. You hear people say, uh, well, the church is divided. Think about that. You know, a lot of people say that. Uh, you know, the, the, the church is just divided. Do you really think God's house is divided? Or are you speaking to your own mental, <laughs> you know, you're divided. God's church is not divided. And, you know, um, as a pastor, you know, as a, a manager, <laughs> a leader, you know, you got to learn when to fight your battles. People can speak things that are truth to them. But it ain't no truth to it at all. And you show sure enough going to be in a knockout, drag out fight trying to convince them God is the only one that can recover that individual's mind. People will say, well, the church is divided. Well, the church is the body of Christ. Is it not? There's no such thing as the church being divided. You're speaking about the division that's in your own mind. There's no truth to it at all. Mm. My God. Um, just remember, a, a deceived mind don't know it's deceived and it's tormented. And it will go around speaking that untruth and, and be in torment because it can't get everybody to believe what it sees and what it believes to be true when there's no truth to it all. God's house is not divided. You might divide, be divided. You might be conflicted. But God's house is not divided. Think about it. You think God's house is going to come to an end? Every house divided against itself cannot and will not stand. Come on, somebody. My God. Lord, keep my mind. When shall these things be? The sign of thy coming and the end of the world. Take heed that no man deceive you. For many shall come in my name. Come on, somebody. False Christ are going to come saying, I am Christos, the anointed one, and shall deceive many.
Be careful what you say. And that's what he's saying. Listen, if you blaspheme against the Holy Ghost, blaspheme against the Holy Spirit, that sin will never be forgiven. And on somebody, I tell people, listen, when you uh, you decide to step out of the church, backslide, you better keep your mouth shut. You know, um, friends will say, man, I knew it was just a matter of time. You be back here with us and that church ain't nothing. It wasn't nothing to that baptism and the infilling of the Holy Ghost. And you find yourself, if you ain't careful, agreeing with that devil. And you have just committed a sin for which there is no forgiveness. To say to know God is real and then turn around and say he's not real. Oh, no. When God has revealed himself unto you and he spoke out of you in other tongues and made a believer, you heard yourself speak and you turn around and say there's nothing to it. Jesus told Judas, Judas, what have you done? It was better that you not have ever been born. He's talking to the creator of the universe and the creator of mankind and the creator of ever, everything. What have you done, Judas? You don't bear my image anymore. You bear the image of Satan. It would have been better you had not been born. What are you going to do then? I'm on somebody. My God. Uh, I need to see things the way God see things and not my deceived mind. Come on, somebody. What did Elisha um, have to do for Gehazi when the enemy came? Gehazi, that's all he could see was the enemy on the mountaintops. Come on, somebody. But Elisha said, Lord, open up his eyes. And when Gehazi saw the army of, of God surrounding Elisha, come on, somebody. <laughs> the scripture says, there be more with us than they are with them. Hmm. My God, greater is he that is in me than he that is of the world. Lord, open up my eyes so I can see what you, I, I'm going to call it like you call it. I want to see it like you see it. Come on, somebody. All right, Second Thessalonians, there's a lot more I can say there. Paul requested prayer. Second uh, Thessalonians 3, 1 through 4, he says, Finally, brethren, pray with us that the word of the Lord may have its free course. Amen. Let the word run its course and be glorified even as it is with you. And that we may be what? Delivered from unreasonable wrong-headed, you know, uh, there's some people that just 
they have issues. Um, we won't get into that, but we will start talking about mental awareness, mental health, you know, um, that unreasonable is wrong-headed, wrong-headed people, evil people. Come on, somebody. For all men have not faith, but without faith, it is impossible to please God. There are some wrong thinking, wrong-headed, evil-minded uh, individuals. I'll pray for us that the word run its course. Come on, somebody. My God, my word have gone out of my mouth. It will not return unto me void. It will accomplish what I've set it out to do. Come on, somebody. God is right. The Bible is right. Holiness is right. Come on, somebody. There is a heaven and there is a hell. My God, I talked to a rich man and he believed in heaven, but he did not believe that there was a hell. All right. Verse two, uh, and that we may be delivered from wrongheaded, unreasonable and wicked men for all men not have faith, but the Lord is faithful who shall do what? Establish you and keep you from evil. And we have confidence in the Lord touching you. Come on, somebody. God is able. Tell somebody next to you, God is able. I have confidence, my God, that ye both do and will do the things which we command you. My God, what a powerful prayer. Let the word have its free course in your life. Do what God tells you to do and let him deal with all the rest. Come on, somebody. All right. Uh, we're out of time. Um, Acts, I have Acts 4 and 32 to 35. It says, and the multitude of them that believed were of one heart and of one soul. Neither said any of them that ought of the things which he possessed was his own, but they had all things common and with great power gave the apostles witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus and great grace was upon them all. Amen. Neither was there any among them that lacked for as many as were possessors of land or houses, they sold them and brought the prices of the things that were sold. And they laid them down at the apostles' feet, and distribution was made unto every man according as he had need. Come on, somebody. My God. Uh, one of the benefits of being financially free, financial peace university, is not to heap more upon yourself, but to be a blessing to the body of Christ. Romans 6, uh, 12 9 through 16. I'm going to give you the rest of these scriptures. Romans 12, 9 through 16. Let your love be without dis dissimulation. Amen. What is dissimulation? When you conceal uh, one's thoughts, feelings, or character. Amen. You, it's a pretense. 
Don't act like you love your brother and you, you know, talk love, but you don't mean love. Let your love be real. Come on, somebody. Um, let your love be without dissimulation. Abhor that which is evil. Cleave to that which is good. Be kindly affectionate one to another with brotherly love. In honor, preferring one another. Not slowful in business, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord, rejoicing in hope. Come on, somebody, that hope that goes even beyond the grave. Patient in tribulation, trouble don't last always. My God, joy comes in the morning, continuing instant in prayer, distributing to the necessity of the saints, given to hospitality. Bless them which persecute you. Bless and curse not. Woe be unto the individual from whom or whence that offense come. You can't help, but offenses will become, but don't let it be you. My God. Rejoice with them that do rejoice and weep with them that weep. Be of the same mind one toward another. Mind not high things, come on somebody, spiritual wickedness in high places, but condescend to men of low estate. Be not wise in your own conceits, come on somebody. Uh, we are to love without ulterior motives, come on somebody. My God, for God so loved the world that he gave, not only that, he gave his only, he gave his last. Come on, somebody. Your love should not be with ulterior motives. Every one of us ought to have the love of Christ, the love of God in our hearts. All right, may God bless you. May God keep you. Uh, that's unity among believers. We went a little long. I wanted to finish uh, this Bible class, but the church... Amen. Uh, we must uh, achieve unity, dwell in unity. Amen. That the ministry might go forward. Uh, the gospel is preached. Souls are saved before it's everlasting too late. Come on, somebody. My God, demons flee. Homes and marriages, lives are put back together. Minds are regulated. My God, for there the Lord commanded a blessing, even life. It's just like a precious ointment. My God, that ministers to what ails us. Amen. There's nothing like the love of God and unity among believers. May God bless you. May God keep you is our prayer. If you're under the sound of my voice, amen. You haven't been baptized in Jesus' name and filled up with the precious gift of the Holy Ghost. Call me, 734-477-6891. Amen. We will return that call. Amen. We will share with you what thus saith the Lord. Amen. We will meet with you, baptize you in Jesus' name, and there's a great big God that will fill you with his spirit by the evidence of speaking 
in other tongues, and God himself will write your name in the Lamb's book of life. Yes, you'll hear yourself speak. What he has done for one, he will do for another. Amen. Amen. Be faithful, new grace. Let us look unto the Lord. The Lord is soon to come. He is soon to come. Amen. The Bible says, save yourself. Get it together. I keep under my body and bring it into subjection. Come on, somebody. I don't want to summons nobody to this race and I lose out myself. Come on, somebody. I want to see the songwriter say, oh, I want to see him. I want to look upon his face there to sing forever of his saving grace.